Dear Abby Normals, welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And we're two anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Let's dive in. And we don't have Sarah tonight. She's yes. in Vegas for She's her birthday. Vegas. For her birthday, whatever. Right, whatever. Is it is her birthday today? Um, I think it's Thursday. Okay, I was going to say, I have not received a notification. So. <laughs> okay. you, do you want to go first? What would be better for you? I think you you should go first. Okay, mine's a little dark. Is that okay? That's fine. I'll I'll brighten it up. Brighten it up. All right. Great. I'm excited. Mine's a personal story. Is it? Ooh, I'm excited. That just happened to me. So I'm like, podcast material. I'm down to hear about that. So I will go first. And I, I'm going to talk about a murder. <laughs> so I, I feel like it's been a while since I've done a serial killer talk. I know. I have to be in the mood. You find Me that too. too. Yeah. And I haven't really been to be in the mood, mood for murder. Yeah. And I, I got a little in the mood for murder today. Uh, yeah. And so I, I hunted again. You also have to find like, it has to like feel right. There has to be something that draws you in out. something of interest, something there that you is. want to like, do you explore want to, do you right? want to know what caught my interest what's that so i'm going to talk about a serial killer and he was caught after clogging his toilet with guts and the neighbors complained about the backed up drains oh. that's how he was caught that, and that sparked your interest yeah i read that and was like this is it you're this like i'm in one. tell me more right so this is a cannibal serial killer whose name was uh and I'm, I'm probably saying this wrong, wrong, but Joachim Kroll. I'm gonna call him Kroll for the remainder. I find cannibalism in general is interesting to me. It is interesting. It is interesting, and especially I'm I think some of the angle into this one is a little different from things we've talked about before with cannibalism. So, um, who was known um, in West Germany as the Ruhr, the Ruhr cannibal? Again, probably the what so. cannibal? Roar, it's a German word. R O H R. This is a German individual. Yes, okay. from lived in West Germany. So I'm going to show you just a picture here. This is a picture, actually, of him doing a reenactment with police about how he would subdue his victims. He participated in that. Yeah. Who is that person that's playing the victim? I think it's an FBI agent. <laughs> He's like, this is other duties as assigned right like here. I've never <laughs> but think about the, the stories you could tell at a party. I know, but like you're like I laid underneath the serial killer and let him at, reenact how he ate people. Right, but like do you how do you I, know I, he's not gonna like somehow do something that does murder you in that moment? <laughs> like I wouldn't yeah, have yeah. me at all. Um, and you are vulnerable, vulnerable. vulnerable. He does, you bit. see that guy's hands like here, though, like on his chest, they ready think, to defend. Yeah, you know, like yeah, he's not completely open. No, to do the body language he's analysis. Not, he's not. Yeah. Okay, so he's not very well known compared to like Ted Bundy or Jeffrey. Oh my gosh, my son. Okay, family pause. <laughs> Hello. Yes, we have power. Do you have power?
Oh, shoot. Oh, don't get trapped in an elevator at the hospital. Okay, take the stairs only. All right, bye, sweetie. All the power went off at the hospital it's working at. It does look a little stormy outside. Yeah, no, it was coming from like the, almost like the northwest coming in. It looks like a dark and stormy night. Mm -hmm. Very Johnny Darkly West. He works in the hospital alone at night and the power just went off. He That's says it's scary. all dark. That's like the backdrop of every horror movie. I mean, like, and they always, <laughs> and they don't usually start there, but they end up in a hospital. Going yeah, it's like none of the elevators are working. Oh, scary. I don't know. Um, okay, so he's not as well known, but he's still in like, I think even the top 10, maybe from the top five. So he's up there, but I think part of it's too just not, you know, Americans not being as well known of other. Right. Not the same notoriety as some of the right. American ones. Yes. For us, because we don't know anything. So yeah, he, so he had a killing spree and he killed 14 wow. known victims um authorities believe he killed more than that but that's how many are known that's what he fessed up to are those right. evidence mm -hmm. so he claims that he ate parts of his victims so his thing so this is where the cannibalism part's interesting was to save money because meat was expensive when was this this would have been let's see here what year was it um it was in he was born in 1933, so during, like, this would have been Nazi Germany era um, when he grew up. Um, yeah, 19, how... In 19, let's see here, he was, he started killing him, let's see, 1955. So when it's like 22-ish? Yeah. I mean, that's well after the war. Yeah, yeah, so it's not like... He just, I mean, it's not like he said he had no money and couldn't survive. Right. He just but I said, think the country was pretty devastated after the war for a time. Yeah, um, for sure. So meat's and expensive. There's some interesting political mm -hmm. movement going on. I mean, maybe right. they didn't have access to meat. Then again, you don't need meat to live. And it's not like everyone around there was eating each other for meat. It wasn't <laughs> to that point. It was one person eating other people so other people were figuring it out right so i mean it's obviously possible to not eat other people okay yeah exactly. okay okay that's a good just point. to establish um okay so this was not a survival thing is what we're saying it, i mean i'm assuming this is very different from the andy's plane crash <laughs> agreed yeah. agreed um i think it was a little misleading to have the picture of him in the woods doing the reenactment like he's like living in the woods like that's not the case he had a home sort of thing okay yeah <laughs> all right so this wasn't yellow jackets right i still haven't finished i haven't even started season two you, you you need to watch the one episode where they finally show what everybody's been wanting to see was okay. I, I you gotta keep see it, it. Keep it in. You gotta I'm, see it. I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. All right. So it took about two decades to actually capture him with every after everything, hmm. um, and over that time, six other men were arrested for his crimes oh. and put in jail and. Um, one of them actually, uh, committed suicide while in jail, um, like after being 
accused, accused. That, mm-hmm. really, yeah that would ruin your life yeah and I think there was actually another person too who later on um, committed suicide uh, who was put in jail for this as well so like I mean it's pretty scary so he ended up being captured after a neighbor shared about clogged toilets and they ended up finding um like he actually told the neighbors it was full of organs and they like laughed that off because that's a weird thing to say to anyone mm-hmm. and so did, was he saying like human organs or was he, he said organs like and then animal he didn't say animal he just said organs just organs right okay. and then um the neighbors then actually upon examining the uh clog saw how do you see this small, clog to examine um actual organs in it what does that mean like a lung or organs <laughs> many i mean what <laughs> what i want some specificity around the organ many kinds of many kinds of organs many kinds of organs wedged in a clog drain how is the neighbor examining the clog because my experience with clogs is you can't see them because they're like right. deep in the plumbing. I mean, my guess is so again, due to the time and era, they might be doing some of their own self-servicing of plumbing, or maybe were they rotating themselves and maybe, pulling maybe, a clog out? Because or gross. someone local came out. I don't know the full details. But, oh, right. We just had a backed up sewer last Monday here. Did you? And but I called were it a rooter. And they, well, I wasn't here when they pulled out it, the clog, but what if they had pulled out a mass of organs? Organs, right. You just never know. And you don't know what kind because I'm assuming at that point, it kind of becomes a giant organ. It's just a glob. Right. And then maybe then once it's out, it then perhaps. When we used to own the house next door to me around the corner. And there, we had runners in there, and we had a, a sewer backup situation, and the rooter guy pulled out a clog of tampons and and called me to come show me. The, this. I think, I think, do you think that, like, makes their day? I, th- like, I think it does. Because I had, yeah, when I moved into my house, I had It's like, you similar... couldn't have just told me over the phone? Yeah, I had a similar thing where they're, like, the, it's, like, super clogged and backed up with um I, I think it was like pads like someone was flushing pads and and it was like I was being scolded no I was definitely being scolded yeah yeah and it was like um a I just moved into this home be gross no and and, you. and it's not your job to teach me a lesson no and they and I don't even live there you know who else <laughs> does that who pedicurus they teach you a lesson? Yes, because of Derby. And I have, um, I don't like go and get my feet pedicured all the time. And so part of the, like, I have really, really short toenails. And they're like, don't, that, they're like, don't trim them that short. Cause that, that'll, you know, doesn't let them grow properly. Like, I don't want a lesson. I just want you to massage my soaking feet that I do maybe once a year. Yeah, I've never been back since I got the fungus. <laughs> it's it does it does not feel good to be have people look at your vulnerables. Well, I, I've I never like stepped foot are, in that place since I got that fucking toenail fungus. Feet are vulnerables. 
I believe I believe that. Oh. Um. All right. Let's let's go back there. Have we digressed? Back to body parts. Still technically relevant. Oh, um. True. Okay. So let's talk about his growing ups because this seems to be relevant every time we've talked about serial. And that's what I always want. I always want like the why. First of all, this like, how do you get from here to here? He kind of looks like a children of the corn moment. Is that a school photo? Uh, not sure. Not sure. It does kind of look like he has a collar on. Okay. Okay. So, family grew up pretty poor. Um, he was born in 1933 at the start of the Nazis' party rise in Germany. Youngest of eight kids. So, put on your psychology hat here. Young, I can't take it off. It's, it's glued on. Yeah. It's bolted on. Okay. Youngest of eight kids. Okay. He was considered weak. The run to the litter. The constant degradation from his own family and community. What was his name? Well, uh, Kroll is his last name. Uh, his first name is, maybe you know how to say that? Jokum? 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 I mean, I want to say Joachim, but that doesn't sound very German. <laughs> I mean, actually, you said walking around like that sounds actually looks great, but I agree. It's not very 1933. But he doesn't look typical German. He has dark hair, dark eyes. So he wouldn't have been like one of the, you know, regaled Hitler youth with the blonde hair. <laughs> no, and I was wondering, um, and what it really didn't go into very much at all. I didn't know like background, what his background is yeah. at all. Um, I mean, because not only, I mean, not only Aryan lived, you know, in right. that area, so there could have been added pressures from mm-hmm. not being the, you know, mm-hmm. ideal race, class, whatever, Hitler bullshit. Mm-hmm. So growing up during this kind of unstable World War II era, um, many viewed this as contributing to why he committed crimes as an adult, again, most Again, people don't. <laughs> most people don't eat people still. So here's where we get into some things. Um, he was a frequent bedwetter as a child, which was a big source of humiliation. He also reportedly sexually abused animals. So was he sexually abused is what I'm wondering. Right. So both bedwetting and animal cruelty are the components of the McDonald triad, a set of childhood behaviors. And with fire setting. What was that? Fire setting, too. With fire setting. And so, yeah, yeah, and I actually, like, pulled up some, because I've heard of it, but I haven't, like, like, you did a topic that talked about some of these things with uh, psychopathy. Yeah, Um, but I've never gone into the trifecta in detail. Right. So Are you going to tell us more? Just a little bit. I feel like it's, like, his story isn't that long, so I figured I could just do some highlights here. So the McDonald triad is a three factors. Um, where the presence of any two are considered to be predictive or associated with violent tendencies, particularly related to serial offenses. And I think that is dangerous to use the word predictive because then people are going to like just label people Mm -hmm. and they're just going to be looking at it for all the bad stuff, all the evidence like, oh, see, that kid has problems. And this, so, and that's kind of why I wanted to look it up because it, something felt kind of odd it, it was too simple yeah. um and and so yes there's there are some contra 
information out there. So uh, first of all, it was created in 1963, so pretty outdated. And it was in a book called The Threat to Kill by psychiatrist J.M. MacDonald in an article he wrote for the American Journal of Psychiatry. It was a very small-scale study um, by psychiatrists and FBI agents who claimed substantial evidence for the association of childhood patterns with later predatory behavior. Although it remains still, it's still taught actually um, in a lot of types of forensic psychology stuff, uh, it, research has not actually validated that line of thinking today. But it's such a strong part of our culture. Well, I think we like want it to be that simple. Well, I think it's kind of dangerous because if we're doing an intake and a couple of those come up, we're immediately like, red flags right there. Let's keep an eye on this kid. Right. Where I'm I'm with you. Like, to me, those are red flags of like, ooh, sexual abuse. Like, is there something? Right. What happened to them? Not who are they going to kill? Right. So the three things are cruelty to animals, obsession with fire, fire setting, and persistent bedwetting past the age of five. Um, some kids just pee the bed for medical reasons, so we can't just leap to pathologize that. Well, and specifically tying it to violent behaviors, particularly homicidal and sexually predatory, like that's a big jump. Um, there's no statistical significance between the triad and violent offenders, is what we know. So other studies so then, have... Then why do we still believe that? Other... I, I know, and like, why is it... It's a thing. Like, we talk about it all the time. I mean, and even this, like, I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, and it's the McDonald triad, known as this, and it describes it like it's a legit thing before it then says it's not valid. Shouldn't it say that this is a not valid... Let's lead with that. Expired, old... Outdated. Historical reference. I don't know. So we need to debunk this here. Right. On the Deeply Disturbing Things We're podcast. debunking the triad. The triad is not so, a thing. And I'll share a couple of things here that supports that because research matters. Uh, current research. So further studies have su- suggested that these behaviors are actually more linked to childhood experience to parental neglect, brutality, or abuse. Um, and then this in turn results in homicidal like proneness. Uh, the triad concept uh, with like having a combination of behaviors linked to violence may not have like specific validity, um, which actually kind of puts it into the uh, what we talked about for like an urban legend. Mm-hmm. So that's why it has stuck in some ways because it fits that kind of urban legend profile i'm trying to think where i first heard it and i can't even me neither pinpoint the source it's just always been there yeah yeah me neither um so the triad behaviors are not causal when examining a relationship with later predatory behavior they try to kind of save it by saying this but are predictive of increased likelihood of future patterns but to me then it's like a lot of ifs and maybes and you so know. maybe we shouldn't yes. <laughs> even ever um and their kind of point is that the the goal is to give professionals a chance to halt patterns before they progress but if like what does halting a behavior what like serious bedwetting stopping bedwetting is not going to stop homicidal behaviors because bedwetting mm. isn't the cause yeah bedwetting's a reaction 
to something else. Wow. I mean, here we are just, you know, sharing information and spreading knowledge. So I feel like I need to tell everybody the try is not a thing. So stop saying that. Yeah. Stop it. Cruel. Yeah. Like if someone's like, oh, I saw an intake and in the, they had a background. So I've heard it. They're like, oh, yeah. Like, the cruelty to animals. And, and they wet the bed. And they wet the bed. Oh, your serial killer. And then they're scared. They're scared for that intake. Well, and then you're also looking for so the bad. biases. Yeah, you're, that confirmation bias is going to come on really hard. And every little thing you see, it's going to be like, oh, see? Look at oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they're a bad kid. I'm so convinced that if you get it in your head that every, that something is a certain way, then it becomes. Yeah, when I used to get transfers, I never read the intake. Or the notes, because I wanted to have my own fresh take on it. Right. I like that, too. I really like the idea of, you know, if there's, if there's, like, a specific, I don't know, if that person has assaulted a staff member, I would like to know that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But if it's historical, let them tell me. Yeah. So the cruelty to animals part, um, FBI Special Agent Alan Brent, yeah, I like that, they can just say it. I'm FBI Special Agent. (laughs) I'm Macy's Special Counseling uh extraordinary thanks um <laughs> he believed that some offenders killed animals as a rehearsal for killing human victims cruelty to animals is mainly used to vent frustration and anger mm. the same way fire setting is so again it's an outlet for emotional release um, and, but to further like dive into this and pick mm-hmm. it apart what could be perceived as cruelty to animals, I mean, it really depends on the situation because there are some people that became doctors later that said they might have come across a dead animal and they were super interested in it, might have dissected. Someone coming across that could see, oh, this is cruelty to animals when it's not. It's completely different reason for that behavior. Right, and so, yeah, and so not grouping them all because one of the commonalities that they found were was... A feeling of humiliation was like a big, like that shame. Yeah, you shame people, it's going to F them up. Right. So during childhood, serial killers um, often report that they couldn't retaliate against who had caused them humiliation or abuse and made them feel weak and vulnerable. So animals are kind of a target because they can't act back. Um, Future victim selection is already in the process at a young age. According to him, studies have found that those who engage in childhood acts of cruelty to animals use the same methods of killing on their human victims as they did on their animal victims. So that I thought that was pretty interesting. So that's where they like the possible practicing of um, comes into play. Wright and Hensley in 2003 named three reoccurring themes in their study of serial murders. As children, they vented their frustrations because the person causing them anger humiliation was too powerful to take down. They felt as if they regained some control and power over their lives through the torture and killing of the animals. And they gained power and control if they needed to cause pain and suffering on a weaker, more vulnerable animal, um, which then escalated to humans in the future. Um, In a study of 45 male prison inmates who were deemed violent offenders in 2003, McClellan found that 56% admitted to having committed acts of violence against animals. It also found that children who abused animals were more often victims of parental abuse than children who did not. 
So again, abuse is in the background um, for most of this. And then in 2004, a study uh, which considered not one-off events, but a pattern, there had to be a pattern of repeated violence. Um, Telichet and Hensley found a link between repeated animal cruelty and violence against humans. They examined prisoners in maximum medium security prisons. However, overgeneralizing these links um, can have an unwanted consequence, such as detracting focus from the actual predictors or causes. So pretty much all of these research studies say for the cruelty animal chunk of the triad, yeah. there are there are components there that could be maybe not predictive, but more maybe I would say statistically there has been historical more links yeah connections right but still you know if it's a kid showing these behaviors like that's for sure not shame because mm -hmm. that's literally yeah the thing right yeah. and just try to really get it the why of why they're doing that and help them at mm -hmm. that place and Hurt. i think that could be rehabilitative even you know, right. maybe even to teen years, you could still rehabilitate something. Well, and that's what surprises me. I still think that there's a huge belief um, that certain offenses or certain types of thinking that there is evil and that if there are evil acts or evil thoughts, you cannot get better. And that's um, stigmatizing right there. Sure. And I don't ascribe to that personally. I do not but, at all. But I hear it all the time. Like, even people who, like, refuse, like... One of the most triggering ones are um, people who... Psychopathology? Um, yeah, sorry, my brain just blanked. Uh, pedophilia oh. is one. But there are groups of therapists who specialize in helping people um, yeah. to get better. And that doesn't mean that, like, that's... It's, it's the same thing as cruelty animals. It doesn't mean that it's good to have those thoughts it doesn't mean that it's helpful or anything but like everybody that. has a lot of thoughts right i mean if you could read everyone's mind everybody would be locked up horrified yeah <laughs> horrified horrified i mean they used to think borderline personality disorder was incurable right and yeah. they came out with a treatment that was effective dbt and now mm -hmm. it's not considered untreatable anymore so well and that people is... need to get out of their little boxes of right. kind of narrow-minded thinking and again that's another one that the vast majority is linked to childhood sexual abuse and yeah. it's mostly diagnosed to women so yeah. it's actually a so you can see it's a large part issue. of it is environmental biological like and let's get a treatment it. that you know can actually help these people let's in call a it developmental respectful way trauma chronic complex trauma complex trauma why do we still not have that diagnosis i know it's in that icq 11 not in the dsm-5 which is so dumb and i teach this class and i'm so frustrated because the whole time i'm basically telling them this is what we have to teach you out of and no it's not what we believe as counselors no we don't have a book no, to diagnose people agree. for our profession what how has that, like, how has that never become a problem? Oh, it's been a problem for me forever. I mean, it is. It is, but, like, I, we're just constantly trying to get in line and make something work that isn't made for us. It's made for medical professionals for... Psychiatry. That. I mean, it's APA. Right. 
there is no wellness model in that at all. So, okay, sorry. Whew. Whew. No, okay. you know I hate the DSM. Okay. I've kicked it in the face many times. It's on top of my gecko cage. It keeps the cats out. So that's... <laughs> Uh, anyways, venticide. So cruelty to animals was one that like, as I was reading the research, I'm like, okay, this one of the triad, I do see enough where like, I'd be like, you know, I'd have a little flag up. Mm. I'm like, Ooh, okay. That's not something we want to take lately, at least. Um, so the in, in uresis, which is bedwetting, chronic bedwetting after the age of five, this one is harder for me to get behind because one research article said that it may actually be due to fire setting and animal cruelty like it's something that because they're doing at like if they're co-occurring with those other things that there's all of these anger and emotions and things and there's no release for that and so the bedwetting happens because Ew, that of seems that. super Freudian and gross yeah we're not um, releasing our anger through our pee um here's more freudian uh especially if there be little by a parental figure or other adult the child could use fire setting or cruelty to animals as an outlet and then the bedwetting into tween and teen years could be an indicator of possible childhood sexual abuse yeah which well, yeah. that part there um, I just, I, I don't like how they like pulled them all together because there was n in the actual. It's like they're trying to make something out of nothing. Right. Because in the actual research in this section, I couldn't find one thing that showed those happening together, but yet they talk about them together. It's that my old McDonald. Had a farm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on his farm, there was a fire setter, a bedwetter, and a curly dam animal yeah. person. Mm -hmm. that poor chicken um yeah, yeah, yeah. so and then they give this sentence which blows my mind that again like they're literally proving the point that they <laughs> inuresis fire setting and cruelty to animals are more likely indicators of, of sustained physical or emotional abuse towards the child or an underlying mental illness that will in turn cause those behaviors one researcher notes that enuresis is an unconscious, involuntary, and nonviolent act, and therefore yeah. linking it to violent crime <laughs> is problematic. I agree with that 100%. And more so than animal cruelty or fire setting. And also shaming kids for it is also bullshit. Right, because there's you're so asleep. many factors. Well, you're asleep. Unconscious. <laughs> Well, and who knows what's happening? Like, if you're, especially if it's linked with like child abuse, like there, you there's know, so much unconscious stuff that we don't understand, right? And then arson. So this one, um, in 2004, arson or fire setting is theorized to actually be a less severe mode of releasing aggression. I guess uh, extensive periods of humiliation again have been found to be present in childhood to, um who have done this, who are also serial killers. So again, this is loose for me because we already know that serial killers have that link with shame mm -hmm. and embarrassment and then acting on that. So to me, like correlation doesn't prove causation here, but they, they linked it. These repetitive episodes of humiliation can lead to feelings of frustration and anger that somehow need to be released in order to return to a normal state of self-worth. 
However, the triad combination has been questioned in this regard also uh, because it suggests that this behavior is just one that occur can occur in the context of childhood antisocial behaviors and is not a predictor of later violence. So we have a DSM diagnosis um, that it, for uh, pyromania. So why, do, so why do we need this other? Yes. Yeah, it could be because nothing within that specifies that there's some predictive factor for future violence towards people. Yeah. Okay, so that's, I just kind of had to, I had to debunk because I don't think those, I didn't find anything that actually. <laughs> no, I'm going on a debunking roadshow after this. Yeah. I'm saying, so, you know what, all of you, it's not true. Get rid of that triad, throw it out. Get it out of your pocket. Because in this article, it literally says, both bedwetting and animal cruelty are components of the McDonald triad, a set of childhood behaviors that point to violent tendencies later in life. Literally used in a declarative statement, and it's false. And that's how they lead? Mm -hmm. And you know nobody reads behind beyond the headlines or the first couple sentences of anything? So, let's jump back in here. So... Joaquin, back to Joaquin. We're going to call him Joaquin. <laughs> Sounds good. Until somebody tells us how you pronounce that name. Joaquin's family had suffered extreme poverty, including hunger. His father was a soldier in the German army, German army, and was taken as a prisoner of war by mm. the Russian army and was believed to have died during the war, leaving him and his seven siblings with their mom. Okay. Uh, Joaquin quit school in 1948 after having to repeat several grades more than once. And then at 15 years old with a fourth grade education, um, he struggled in school, um, by, he struggled in school, but again, this is right in the middle of World War II. Um, and they said he had an IQ of 78 and that he didn't know how to read but he was also working as a farm hand. I just have a really hard time understanding how like proper education can happen in that context. In wartime. Chaos. And, yeah. Of, well, it's like during COVID. Right. How many really, really smart right. kids could Struggle. not even function at school at all? Right. And your dad's gone. Yeah. Your mom's trying to take care of eight kids, seven, eight kids. And you're the youngest, and they already perceive you as weak, and so you're probably not getting as much attention, maybe, as some other right. kids in the family. Right, and you're sliding by. Hmm. So I, 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 and I say this because here in a bit, like, I don't think this IQ of 78, I'm not... Yeah, who tested him? Let's see the official Yeah, that's, I, I, I don't like that. Just like how you can Google someone's IQ, like celebrities. They didn't take that test. Like, what do you know? So <laughs> um, I don't think that's accurate based on some of these things that, with the killings. So here's, here's Kroll again, just so you can get a Joaquin okay. idea of his face. So... Ooh, Ooh, that's thunder. That is loud thunder. Scary. Oh, it's starting to rain. Big rain. I love a summer, a summer thunder rainstorm, though. It is nice. It gets all. Yeah. Okay, so Joaquim said that witnessing as a farmhand uh, the slaughter of a pig 
awaken both his sex drive and the bloodlust. Okay. That reminds me of a movie I saw once. It was a some kind of animal farm pig slaughtering <laughs> that a little girl witnessed and something happened. I can't remember <laughs> what movie that was. And she got really into it. Weird. Yeah. I wish I could remember what movie. So he said it like inspired the fantasies. That would that's kind of how okay. it started. Um I mean that's insight right there. Right. So again, as I'm like that doesn't seem this, like 78 IQ. Yeah. They make him sound like he's stupid, but then when you read into this, I'm like, I don't think he's stupid. Um stupid in the terms of like they're they're trying to make it seem like he's like intellectually delayed and can't think at all or something right in like, less politi- politically correct terms so probably more like the village idiot is kind of how they're phrasing it but okay so as a young man he did attempt to have a romantic relationship with an unknown woman okay he said that he felt awkward and inadequate with women sexually and described his only sexual encounter with women as a failure okay. um he oh my god is it an early insult so he concluded he should have sexual encounters with, quote, someone who could not complain about his performance. Sounds like an early insult. Yes. <laughs> Which is just so fascinating to me. Um, so he got some bad critique, some bad feedback. Right. Which, again, if there's a sexual abuse history, like there's, pro- again, like there's more going on than just that moment. Um, everything right. is a critique at that point. Any side exit and if there was no relationship and right. the partner felt free to just critique and mm-hmm. you know there would be nothing to buffer that no like romantic bond to buffer that if he didn't have friends either to help yeah. provide moral support during well, that. like some pointers tips right, and tricks right, right so do this don't do that you know that's always great so uh, that was identified kind of as you probably didn't go to slumber parties uh, right that's where you learn all that never stuff. got invited um <laughs> in 1955 the obsession with death grew his mom died um the kroll siblings went their separate ways and all lost touch later that year yakim kroll murdered his first victim so i thought it was interesting mom died all the siblings left so there's mom- no family bond no, now he's completely alone right but that speaks a lot to what he grew up with there wasn't that like Oh, no, no, yeah. You know, Ohana means family and nobody gets left behind. Like, they weren't vibing no, that way. No, and which means, like, when dad died and they were all still there and their mom, they were still in school. So that probably was the only glue that held them there. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find very much information at all about, like, his relationship with mom, which I think would have been interesting to know more about. It's often key to a lot of things. So in February 8th, 1955... So this, again, we're intelligence here. He traveled to another village of Walstead. There he captured and murdered a 19-year-old. He strength, uh, I'm going to say her name right, I'm wrong, I apologize. Ermgard Strill. He strangled her to death and then raped and slashed her abdomen. Hmm. So he did so he not went right in. He did not cannibalize this person. Was killing somebody though. Right. Right. Do we know that. anything about the backstory of that first? Because I feel like that first time, it's gotta be a lot 
Well, so he did report the animal, like, sexually abusing the animals. So that may have been kind of the precursor in practice. Did he kill them after? Practicing point, yeah. Um, So along with raping victims after they were dead. After they're dead. Yes. He reportedly masturbated over their bodies, um, which confused me a little bit just a little bit not saying it's not possible (laughs) but i mean to me i'm wondering if like he's raping them he's not completing and then he masturbates over them like he has like this little power ritual some people can do it over and over oh my god that was loud thunder that was so close to the lightning was right before Uh, i loved it it's so exciting i can feel the electricity in my body well, somebody, people can do it over and over. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and I don't know, I don't know about his, his sex drive here, because he, like, again, it's not like he had this long-standing history of sexual relationships, it was like one, but that doesn't mean he didn't have the sex drive, and is Yeah, it doesn't mean it's not time. masturbating all over the right. place. Maybe that's why everyone left. Um, so he... When he got home from a kill, he said he would pleasure himself again with a rubber sex doll. This is really horning him up, all this. Often while choking a small child's doll. So, like, violence and, like, sexual sexual turn-on-ness is very linked for him. Yes. And what did he say was how that started? He saw something and got turned on? The like, pig, so, pig being killed. The pig being killed and got turned on. Okay. I swear that there's a movie that this happened, the, but it was a girl that saw something. Huh. God, what movie is that? Well, like, and, driving and, me nuts. I mean, and that could be, you know, future topic is, like, sex and violence are things that are inherently linked. I mean, they you could pull up a porno and and they'd have like role plays of violence and but it doesn't turn everybody on only you know certain people where somehow along the line it gets linked together right right and not again not everyone who watches you know i don't know bdsm type stuff is sorry headless doll that sarah hates (laughs) what was his name i call him frodo I think we named him Bubba. Bubba. Bubba, yeah. Um, okay. So he later claimed that after his first killing, his murder ten- tendencies actually went away until four years later. So he's saying he did that one time and then had four years of nothing. Okay. However, authorities actually believe that he's responsible for additional murders between 1955 and 1959. However, like apparently the reason one of the reasons it was so hard to catch him, what is your son okay? Is that what <laughs> no I was trying to find that movie, but I probably Googled the wrong thing because nothing is coming up. I Googled girl sees big skilled movie. Please, government, don't look at our it actually came up with the whole list, but none of them are right. So I'll have to do some deeper googling later. Okay. Um, Okay. So I forget what my last point was. Oh yeah. So um, they're like there. There were things in between, according to authorities, that they think were linked. But this took decades to catch him, partially because they kept getting the wrong people, 
and they there were um they listed like two other big murderers at the time who were also active so i think there was a lot of confusion about who did what when and that helped him get by for a long time but then may also have attributed some to him that may not have been mm. so so do you think he got a little braggy and well because he said confessed to things he didn't do no i mean he said i like i don't see the point in saying like i had my first one and go into that much grotesque detail and then say i had four years where like that urge wasn't there after mm-hmm. that and then i initiated again like i don't yes. understand the point of that it's so interesting to me that it fulfills an urge that's right. so strong right and maybe that again we don't know all the backdrop something could have happened at home like again everyone leaving like there could have been a fight it could have been a situation with a you know another sexual dissatisfaction something could have mm-hmm. triggered that moment some, more, some bad feedback again right it, it may not have been such a like okay i'm going to go plan and do this as right. strategically as it sounds mm-hmm. i mean enough where he knew to go to a different town yeah but that doesn't take that much thought. it's premeditation especially back then it's harder to get places but still yeah it is definitely premeditated. what get on a a mule or something. Oh, I'm a strength ahead. Um, it's a. It's definitely you know. There's probably like a unicycle around. I don't know how that worked back then. <laughs> Have you ever tried to ride a unicycle? Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine me trying to? I. You know how long it took me to stand up on roller skates? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a disaster. It was like three months. <laughs> I need more. Okay, so now let's get into as things escalate. So. Okay. The next known murder took place in 1959. So this is after that gap. So it's 24, or sorry, 24-year-old Clara Frida Tesmer was killed in the town of Rhine. Tesmer murder was identical to um, Imgrard Strell's murder before. Uh, Different town, again. Only this time, he began to engage in what would become his trademark cannibalism. Mm -hmm. He removed pieces of Tesmer's flesh from her buttocks, thighs. I hope she was dead. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not that that makes it better. So, but. um, I do, I do think it was when she was dead. Again, him kind of really leaning on meat's expensive. I'm not going to waste. So he's rationalized. So he was taking what he considered to be the young, fresh aspect. So he took aspects. You see what I did there? He took some aspects. He took some aspects from her buttocks and thighs, wrapped them, and took them home to cook for dinner. But, like we mentioned earlier, other people were not doing this and living, finding some other food to eat. Right. I mean, I gotta say, I I have a bag of beans from the start of COVID that probably are expired by now and i i would probably eat those but if it came down to it i would eat you, those, you would eat those. Before, I would eat them too. i mean but again if we're in if the it house, comes down to it i'm coming to your house and asking for your bag of beans right right <laughs> i'll say i got these beans i'll barter you something for this but if we're stranded for that in that house and you're sick <laughs> i may have to eat your buttocks i may not have you know the same level of aspects i, I mean, once had that's fine. I you could have my aspects. You still have derby thighs. I do have that. some aspects. 
You do. Maybe not the aspect <laughs> I was once known for. It's the <laughs> specs of the ass. Um, okay. <laughs> I feel the same way. Remember when I used to always like, I'm like, the connector part between your leg and your ass. And I go, yeah. Yeah, I haven't skated enough recently. I need that to go back. I need up that, up. yeah. Yeah. All right. That's what's always my favorite part. We need to go body. skating, by the way. Okay. Um, I love that it's raining though because that means nice. I don't have to water my grass. <laughs> oh, I love that. I know. I know. My poor tomato plant is trying to live, and I've been just letting it die. It's not, and I feel really bad. Um. Okay. So, the local man, his name is Ryan. Sorry, no, he, the Ryan was the town. Uh, his name was Henrik Ott, was arrested for Tesmer's murder during this um, one with the cannibalism. He hung himself while awaiting trial. I mean, who wants that pinned on them? And even if you get off, that's still associated with you for the rest of your life. Well, right. And at this so point, that sucks. For at this him. point, he's arrested. He's awaiting trial. Like, it doesn't, especially back in what, 50. In the 50 minutes, yeah, there's no DNA evidence, like, and people are gonna immediately either support you or vilify you Mm -hmm. that you were close to family and friends, they're gonna split. I mean, being wrongly accused just sucks. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, no one wants because you're the whole you're innocent until proven guilty is a big load of crap, honestly, because there's so much preconceived bias all you have to have is some sort of social structure to have that just out the window yeah i mean me and my sister were thrift store shopping today and i was the owner came up to me and said did you ask for those levi's to get taken off the wall i was like no and he goes well we need them back to put up there i go well it wasn't me and i go maybe it was my sister who's a lot like me and is in the other room Wow. And I was irritated and I held back from doing the racist bit to be like, we look a lot alike. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, and and that's the thing is like, he's. But I was irritated. I was being wrongly accused of something. Right. 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 And he's a fairly, I would say, like, maybe there's no like outstanding features. Like, I don't know. He doesn't have like a big crook in his nose, like, or like a scar on his face, or like a buck tooth where he just, I don't know. He looks like a farmhands don't know what a farmhand looks like i don't know it's like what is a farm like, <laughs> like, like a 1950s i don't know he looks like he should have a pitchfork he but it's a, the rut right like i mean there's like yeah but how tall like is he a little guy i feel like most dudes in most small towns look like this but you said he was like little right like a little guy yeah little guy yeah, little like guy. below average height for a man yeah i don't know i feel like he has a a face that if you did something to capture capture your notice you would remember him right but at this point like nobody saw that happen so there's no evidence nobody's there's no witnesses so it's just like they know these murders have happened who don't they like that's who's gonna get blamed because right. the like, community wants resolution. Yeah, the cops probably got together and like, all right, who do you think it is? And they're like going through the list of bad guys in their town. Right, because to me, oh, it's probably if, Johnny Joe or Billy Bob. If if it's me and you know I'm, 
I'm a, you know, Henrik Ott who gets arrested for this. Probably Heinrich. Heinrich, thank you. Um, For me to get to the point of hanging myself, I would be at the point where I'm assuming that they're going to accuse me. Well, because I think this is Germany. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be, you know, guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your life is sure. ruined anyway. Even sure. if you get out, everyone's all still going to be they're not going to trust you because they don't have anybody else lined up it's not like oh we found the right person right okay so those who have studied Joachim's psychology note note that his self-awareness and methodical way of selecting victims points to him having a higher IQ I feel like he does because mm-hmm. every time he got away he with it for di- a long time he went to different towns and we've talked about um you know mass murders and serial killers who it was spur of the moment it was More a crime of passion yeah that developmental like there was not a connection happening did he attempt to like cover up what he did like that speaks to higher intelligence too i think well to me the like cutting off parts of taking home like those are steps that are involved those are steps um and doing this doing it the same the murder the you didn't know the plumbing would get clogged by organs who would i mean every time i have perfectly technical people putting tampons down the goddamn sewer when i shower and i have like you know you lose hair and everybody does um i'm like one day someone's gonna pull my hair out and shame someone else down the line that's right or be like why are you putting your hair down the drain because it falls down there and i can't be bothered yeah now it'll next home well you know what i learned here at this house is because we cut down that tree in the front to prevent yeah. the serpent. Right, 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 right. The rooter guy said the roots will continue to grow for eight or nine years, even though there's no tree. What do you think about that? I feel like that has deeper meaning, though. A lot of deeper meaning. I need to sit with that, actually. It's living on shit. <laughs> Those shit roots are growing. They are strong. And sprouting further shit roots. Yeah, and, and capturing a lot of things down there and mm-hmm. creating a backup. But maybe it's like... Yeah. Like in the ocean when debris gets dropped down, it can become a habitat for... Like, no, there's a fucking habitat down there, all right. Yeah, I mean, lots of things eat shit. But uh, it does create problems for you for, as a homeowner. For the toilet. <laughs> it's the toilet situation. I mean, the toilet could care less. It's more about the person sitting on the toilet. Okay, so where was I? Um, okay, so I can't help you there. <laughs> so, some other things that made it kind of feel a bit different. So, he traveled to different towns. Mm-hmm. He mainly murdered women and girls, but he didn't stick to one age group. Like most serial killers are kind of classified yeah, yeah. as like this is this type and age. Um, he actually even murdered one man, but to me that doesn't count because he, he it was in 1965. He traveled to again a different town. He spied on um, a man and his fiance um, in a secluded area having sex in in the front seat of their car and so he uh murdered the stabbed the man 
And then she actually got in the car and was able to drive away and like veer away from him. Um, and he ran. You mean it doesn't count as far as his MO? Well, no, I think they're trying to make it sound like he has like a little bit more diverse killing than, oh. but I think his intent. He was trying to just get rid of the guy. I think he was trying to, yeah, because he, like, just stabbed him, like, murdered. I think his plan was to probably do his routine with her. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And was maybe aroused by watching the the sexual stuff happen. That's my Or angry. Or angry, right. like, why can't I have that? Right. Yeah, maybe that's why he killed the dude first. Who knows? Maybe. So, anyways, I'm... Nah. Um, but the age range do vary. So they're they're it's very wide age ranges. There she reported the one who got away that he was nondescript was how she did. God, if anybody ever describes me as nondescript, just like what does that even I'm, mean? I'm moving away now. I'm, to I'm the an woods. anti-human, like a nondescript. I mean, I try so hard to be descript. I knew someone who would tell me that when they closed their eyes, they could not picture faces. Wow. Face blindness? Yeah. Like on Arrested Development? Yeah, like couldn't. um, It's thunder. It's so cool. And I would try to like quiz them like, okay, close your eyes and picture this now. And they they couldn't do it, Hmm. which I thought was interesting. Anyway. Um, Okay, so. So I have blue hair at the moment, but I was wearing a hat today at the thrift store. Oh, yeah. Nondescript more nondescript than maybe i mean maybe it has, typically maybe it has to script but i was i'm still a little irritated at being mistaken for my sister because i don't think we look anything alike <laughs> i've seen your sister and i don't think so either no but people think because we both have asian dads that we look alike but we have different asian dads they're not the same dad mm-hmm. so really crazy how that can happen we should look nothing alike wait there's more than one asian dad like the part of us that would look alike is the white part but that's not what people see mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's interesting i i held back i was on my best behavior i have some family background stuff where i'm like don't look like <laughs> um okay so further confusing police uh Kroll did not always strip victims of flesh to engage in cannibalism making each murder kind of different. So he preferred to take these cuts only from victims that he viewed as particularly young and tender. So not everybody had the cannibalism. Wasn't that the same reasoning of that fish guy, Albert Fish? Yes, actually, he kept coming up. uh, Didn't he use that phrase, young, like tender, I think was the phrase he used with the pickled monkeys and peewees or something? Peewee, monkeys, peewee, yeah. Okay, they, and basically a lot of research says that the police were distracted basically during this time. There's a lot going on. There were multiple, basically, serial killers and murders happening wow. in this area. Um, what city was this? Rhine? Yeah. Hmm. Werner Boost was one who had been, uh, who had murdered, started murdering couples in the area in the early 1950s. Um, so like him going and targeting this couple out in the, you know, out in the woods, it could easily be perceived as this other one who has a different MO. So that was his first time targeting a couple. Um, so it just kind of threw them off. They didn't Mm -hmm. think it was somebody different. 
even worse, he was actively killing five other, so there were five men total who were actually charged for his murders. Um, wow. And like the first person I mentioned, uh, Heinrich. Yeah, Heinrich. Um, another man committed suicide later on. And um, are they even basing these charges on evidence? No. Or are they just putting people in jail and like ruining their lives? Right. So he kind Probably of. Probably the second one. <laughs> I could see maybe. So Albert Fish's kind of connection was he kind of viewed it as like his trophy, like having that prime, whatever. Um, so maybe that was similar in that way. Uh, but he really viewed it as being practical. Like that okay. with the term that meat was expensive continuously. Here's a picture of him in court. He has his head in his jacket. So again, the like shame part coming up. What's on the top of it? It's hidden on his head. That's a weird looking photo. He well, it's a it's his coat. He's hiding his head all the way inside of it's his a, coat. Like a very, very strange photo. I would like to say meat's expensive now, today. And, we and I have not her. thought once about killing any people, not even a little bit. This is true. So uh, the crime spree came to an end July 3rd, 1976. Pretty long wow, time. like 30 years? Right. Uh, 40 years? That 20 day, years. 20 years. he kidnapped a four-year-old. Oh, Mary, the littles. Marion Kettner from a park. Mm. A little later, a neighbor asked him if he knew what was blocking the pipes in the building. Shared the laboratory. You that little girl. When he replied mm. guts, the neighbor chuckled, and then he looked in the toilet and saw tiny human organs. Oh. And contacted the police. So once inside the apartment, police found Marion Kettner's dismembered body. Parts of the body were in their fridge. A hand was cooking on the stove, oh. and entrails clogged the plumbing. Why are you cooking a hand? That's definitely not. I know. Tender, whatever meat. But she's young. Police. But a hand. That's not mostly bones. It's like yeah. eating freaking chicken feet, which I have done. Maybe that was a thing. It's not. Police said, yeah. Police There's removed... not a lot of meat there, so that kind of ruins his oh. whole rationalization. Here's the piece I missed. So police removed the shared toilet and found. Her liver, lungs, kidneys, and heart. Okay. Yeah. He was immediately arrested, admitted to murdering her, and gave police the details of 13 other murders, including those earlier ones. He confessed to engaging in cannibalism. While in prison, he eagerly cooperated with police. They, I thought this was interesting. They convinced him he'd be given an operation that could cure his homicidal urges. Is that a lobotomy? I guess, yeah. After several years of incarceration, he was charged with eight murders and one attempted murder in a trial that went on for 151 days. In the end, he didn't get the cure that he wanted, the lobotomy. He was instead sentenced to life in prison in April 1982, mm. and he died in 1991 of a heart attack at 58 wow, years Wow, fairly old. recent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that is... So he only got charged with eight, but he confessed to 13. Right, right. There just wasn't enough evidence, even with his confession? Right, and maybe the confusion with the other murders, maybe they've already charged other murders with things that he confessed to. Or maybe those multiple people act at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
Right. So definitely... well, I hate stuff to happen to little kids. That's I know. Just so little kids and like animals just is devastating to me. It's so sad. I want to look something up super quick while to uh, do. So that's that's the the main the main part for Joaquin Kroll. Or Joaquin, we're not sure how to do that. I want to see if I could find mom relationship info. That'd be cool. Because um, I didn't look for it specifically. But I'm also not connected to your internet, I guess. There. What do you want to find out? Um, I don't know. Anything? Yeah. Well, I I've only had two kids, and me and my sister. I mean, my sister's only had two kids too, and we were just talking the other night how, like, the first kid, you're like all out. Like Skylar has an elaborate baby book, and like right, everything right. in there, and then. I only have two. So Asher comes along. His baby book has one page filled out. And she's the same way. It's like you just don't have the same time and energy. energy. So uh, that's just two kids. Imagine eight kids. That eight kid isn't having a baby book. Right. During wartime. There's no baby book. No There's baby no, book. you know, that extra special How thing. How important is that baby book? That's what I want to know. Like in terms of development. Like maybe that's the staple. Maybe that's what's missing i i don't know but thank god asher at least on the surface doesn't seem to care because i've apologized to him several times that's good i mean not about the baby book but there was also this special photo book mm -hmm. i did when when skylar had his bar mitzvah yeah that i put together with all his photos from birth to age 13 and i remember telling asher like when you have your bar mitzvah i'll make you your own book yeah, this bar mitzvah, I, I still haven't had time. Right, right, right. He's 20 years old. It probably won't happen, Did but I, luckily he doesn't I care. Did I go to that? He went to Asher's, yeah. Asher's, yeah. 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 The, the beta fish, did you get a beta fish? Yeah, yeah, Deadpool. He lived for Deadpool. like two years, yeah. Orange, he lived yeah. for a couple of years too yeah. until yeah. Kiwi fucking yeah. ate her. Him? Her? I don't know. I don't know how to <laughs> tell genders of beta fish. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that suit isn't really not him any justice. Um, yeah. So his dad was a miner, like a underground, uh, not like a right. team. Right. Um, <laughs> I I'm just trying to see if I can find like some tidbits that, um. Okay, so apparently that first one that he murdered. What was her name? Her name was Ermgod Straw, who was 19. Oh, that was the one walking with him in that picture. Oh, it looks like her. How did they get a photo of them walking back I don't then? Know. Isn't that weird? That's interesting. There's Is a lot of she helping him walk. Like Look, looks kind of like he's injured. But he's like holding oh maybe a little Ted Bundy-ish there, maybe like using some of that like oh like help I'm me. hurt. But yeah. I mean, photos were rare back then. Why is there a photo of that? There's so many photos That's of him. Strange. It was really weird to me, honestly. Um, oh, so R.I.P. Irma. 
he strangled her to death that was the first one that he had done which i thought that was interesting um okay <laughs> they were all attacked while traveling to school or home walking through parks or wooded areas and fields so he was an opportunist mm -hmm. age range four to 61 most averaging around 12 years old Oh, young. Oh, Joaquin. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, any age to kill somebody is terrible, but I mean, that kind of speaks to something different mm -hmm. when it's kids, I think. Agreed. Oh, yeah. This, I actually, I didn't see this one. He used the, okay, so most of the time it was strangulation. Um, in the case of Petra Geese, he used the 13-year-old's own scarf to strangle her to death on Easter Sunday. 1962 and then four years later he killed five-year-old lona hark by holding her head oh. underwater in a stream because he wanted to know what it felt like to drown someone initially people thought the child had accidentally fallen into the water and drowned but an autopsy revealed evidence that she had been murdered so something i wonder sometimes about you know serial killers that kill many many mm -hmm. people over time is like is there a point where there's a gradual dehumanization of people right. where you can do things like that, where they're just an experiment or, right. well, the, or is that always there for them? Well, and having, you know, he didn't have sex with any of them while they were alive. It was only after they were dead. So no fight, no struggle, no judgment, which again ties in with that shame piece, which again, if you're also being sexually abused i'm very curious about who sexually abused him was it a family member no, um, all them kids who knows mm -hmm. could have been a sibling right, it could right. have been you know other family members coming and going um but um none of them were that attached to mom mm -hmm. because they all dispersed after she died you know they're there maybe right. just for obligation exactly exactly um and that's big uh, da, 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 da. he collected doll dolls and used them to rehearse killing children is that his report i'm looking he murdered so he gave candy to the kids in the neighborhood to get their affections which we've seen that in some other cases too he also collected dolls who would use to help him become acquainted with young girls. So he'd use the dolls, um, which were kind of the oldie time ones, like they were bigger mm -hmm. um, and would, um, per his report, practice choking the figure, figurines while masturbating. How do you feel about... And he had a rubber sex doll. Who had a rubber sex doll back then? I didn't know that was a thing. It's probably very thick rubber back then. But how do you feel about um, a while back? There was a company that came out with sex dolls that looked like children, and their whole thing was this will help pedophiles not harm real children. But people that were against it said, "Well, you're just encouraging that behavior." So that company did get shut down what are your thoughts on that i feel like it's complicated i almost feel like they're doing like a harm reduction model like with like needles which i'm like very 
for harm reduction in drug sense. Um, but is harm reduction enough in the instance where harmed? Because to me, like, if you're overdosing on heroin, you're potentially killing yourself. If you are abusing, raping children, you are harming someone else. To me, that's where harm reduction no longer applies. No. I, to me, a minimum, like minimizing the harm. Yeah. Although, yes, good isn't enough, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's a. I'm against the dolls. Because just what I know from neuroscience is, you know, you're, you're, reinforcing. you're pairing those behaviors, you're reinforcing those those brain pathways where you're associating being sexually turned on with this childlike appearance, even though it's not real. Right. I mean, the same with, um, we used to present long back in the day on um, like self-injury mm-hmm. interventions. And I've never been for the ones that are like, snapping a rubber band or drawing a red line because right. that's reinforcing same. those same pathways versus there's positive ways to actually deal with those emotions mm-hmm. so i'm against it but i agree with that too and i i feel yeah. like i always get a um i get a little kind of edgy feeling from people when i tell other counselors when i tell them that because it is a standard practice like yeah, but it's use necessary. a rubber band um hold on to ice until it burns and i'm like they don't understand neuroscience yeah though. you're reinforcing the same pain path yeah exactly yeah they don't know they don't know are you telling more no it's your turn well <laughs> if you have another thing tell it Go tell it on the mountain. No, I mean, there's a lot of theories and stuff. I'm still, I just, I, I want to know more about the mom scenario and I'm just not finding it. So I'll let you know. I'll look well, in. remember you did that one individual and came back and did yes. part two on right, the mom relationship? Found, yeah. So if I dig it in and find yeah. it, I'll let you know. Because I always, that's my whole thing that where I'm very curious is like the why. Like well, yeah. how does somebody who's just born an innocent babe, maybe, turn into somebody that is just going to kill people. Right. Agreed. Kids, too, and, and like, do horrific things. I always want to know. Me, too. And, and, like, dad leaving, like, was dad the aggressor, potentially? Right. And then now he had freedom to do the things and harm animals i don't know what age he started harming animals there's like just a lot of unknowns there's some of the background i want to know more well i want to know more about what you're going to tell me all right are you sure yes i do so this is a personal story okay let me let me let me send this halfway text so i don't think paul is happy i'm telling the story but i told him i was going to do it I said I had to. I have to spread the information and I have to share my experience because it's my own trauma processing that I have to do. I just have to. I like it. Share yeah. with me. Do tell. So my sister's in town. Yes. Um, and you know, we're doing all these activities. And and Paul threw out a fun sounding activity. He says, I have a cherry tree on my property. I have a cherry tree. And he's like, why don't you bring all the kids out and 
pick cherries. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that sounds fun. I'll try to fit it in or whatever. And then, you know, sending texts like, okay, like the trees, real, they're real ripe. They need to get picked. And it just turned out that day that everybody's very busy. But I'm like, yeah, like cherries will still be fun. Like I want, yeah, let's not waste the cherries. So me and my sister end up going out. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be like all the kids. But my sister ended up going up there. And it's a real hot day. It was like Saturday, I think. It was super hot. And I wasn't dressed appropriately. I was wearing like a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. It's very sweaty and hot, like kind of suffering the whole time. Right. <laughs> and like really just bitching to my sister, like, Ugh, why did I wear this? Like this is I'm hot. But we're we're picking cherries. Mm-hmm. Um and what do you do when you're picking cherries? I eat them. You eat them, right? Yeah. So that's what we're doing. We're eating the cherries, we're picking the cherries. And we worked until we filled this whole container because you kind of have a goal in mind. And we're talking like, wow, wouldn't it be fun to have the kids have a lemonade and cherry stand and like go out and like sell them and we're talking and we're picking and we're eating and I'm sweating and dying. And finally I'm like, I can't do it anymore. So we leave and um, we go back to my house and put the cherry, the big thing of cherries, our loot, our haul mm-hmm. on the table and her, her, my sister's whole family is staying with me for the week. So I tell her husband, I'm like, yeah, we got to, because he immediately like comes in and like, we, we got to look at them because Paul mentioned um, there might be some that some worms got into, but you can see the holes. So right. we'll look at them right. and sort them out. And he's like, okay. And so we go about our business and he comes in a little while later and goes, those all have worms in them. And me and my sister are horrified because we probably each threw back 50 cherries while we were picking. Because we're, we're eating, we're spitting the pits. You know how you do? Yeah. That's part of fruit picking, right? Right. It's a, I got go up to Green Bluff and you, you know. You're eating. You it's hard to you're not supposed to. Like, I always joke that they should weigh us in, weigh us out, like at the dump, because <laughs> we're eating so much. Yeah. Yeah, so after that, um, he said he opened three of them to look at because we'd mentioned worms um, and saw live worms in three that he opened. Mm -hmm. At that point, me and my sister are feeling very gross, very nauseated. We're thinking that we're going to fall asleep and at some point our mouth is going to open and live flies are going to fly out. Or they're going to eat their way through your stomach lining. Something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was feeling like I possibly had live worms lodged. You know how you have those layers in your throat? I have, I have like shelves and I feed them mealworms and sometimes when I drop them in they try to get, like hold on to my finger and that's what I'm picturing. I'm so sad. So before I do my... um big reveal to you which i'm gonna do i thought you know because we're a science podcast after all are we (laughs) i mean we have to have some information and so just a little bit so i looked these up like what are these they're the western fruit fly Hmm. the western cherry fruit fly and this is what they look like as adults they're known by their transparent wings and stripes on the wings okay they're very small though they're like teeny weeny 
I went a little far. So they're on the west regions of the United States. And they first started attacking the Pacific Northwest commercial cherries in the early 1900s. They were first found in the Yakima Valley in the 40s and in Wenatchee in 1950. So what happens is these adult flies go to early young cherries and they insert, they deposit, if you will. I don't like the word insert. They deposit. It's like the proboscis. Yeah, they deposit each eggs. Oh, why is it always around like where my bra sits then? Then become uncomfortable. Just under the skin. Maybe that's why, because it's like pressing in. Yeah, so they deposit these eggs just under the skin. And the eggs are really little. And they do this with every kind of cherry. So it's commercial or just like in a yard or whatever. And these eggs are little yellow elongated things with a stock at one end and they're one thirtieth of an inch long so they get deposited under the cherry skin so that is so small you might not even visually be able to see any hole on the skin so my sister and i were looking for obvious visual holes and we as were, most do we're because paul had said there might we might be some worms so look for that so we're looking for that we didn't see any of that right. but one thirty for an inch, like that's like this small. That deposit in the skin, you might not know that. So that egg develops into a larva. When does it become a pupa? Egg after. Okay, okay. AKA what we thought were worms. So this is a creamy white legless. Creamy maggot. Maggots. 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 Okay, so first of all, why do they have to say the word creamy white? What about white is creamy? Can they just say white? Why did it have to say creamy? Okay, so remember you did your episode on maggots? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Do you remember how uh, we didn't really want to eat them? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's very significant that. reasons about not wanting to eat them. Okay. They're freaking me out. I'm getting all itchy for no good reason. So the larva is a creamy white legless maggot. Maggot. It's tapered at the head and blunt at the rear. Remember I talked about butterflies and how effed up they are? That's why I remember the word proboscis. Yeah, well, you'll remember this word too. The larva passes through three instars. Remember that word? Oh, I do because I remember like <laughs> our patients are instars. It sounds great, but maybe not now. Yeah. So these are like those different life cycles. And then it grows to about five sixteenth of an inch long. So the larva are like about that long. Mm-hmm. So a little less than a half inch long. So uh, what happens as these larvas, they burrow in towards the pit and then they just start eating all the cherry flesh. Mm-hmm. So they become very swollen. I mean, they're basically cherries at this point. They're well, cherry maggots, cherry-filled maggots. Cherry-filled maggots is what they mm-hmm. are, yes. So they become very yeah. swollen. So... You might not very be able to see that, um, 
and there has to be this opening for the eggs but i have to say we looked very close and you couldn't it was very small if there was like we mm -hmm. you, you couldn't easily visually see this so then you're asking about the poopa pupa pupa the pupa pupa so these are yellowish brown to dark brown they look like that yeah that's like the worst so they kind of like look like a, a you, seed or something do you like that more or less than the maggot stage i like that more actually really? i mean that's i have to choose if it's a I mean, would you rather like some crunch which i don't enjoy if it's a would you rather i, I would take pupa over larvae so these larva guys, uh, though they get all fat and then they crawl out somehow and turn into these pupae, pupa. How do you pronounce that? Pupae? Pupae? And they drop into the dirt and they could live there for a couple of years. And then they turn into the adult fruit fly. And then it starts all over again. Isn't that interesting? It is. It yeah. reminds me of, okay, so I had a bed bug scare, oh. which are a very stigmatized thing, yeah. first of all. Like you and I know in mental yeah, health. Yeah, like bedwetting. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I did this whole big research into them, and I learned so much more than I ever needed to know. I was horrified. They go like dor they can go like dormant in cold weather for up to ten months without eating anything, and then eat again. And like that's when you go to places and they're like, "It's I have a bed bug problem." They're so persistently they're like, hard to kill. Well, yeah, and it's that's because, expensive, and they burrow into yeah. to things and survive basically through anything. But they're horrifying to learn about. Well, I think there's reminds me. <laughs> just like having lice that oh right. you're dirty. Right, which and, and that was completely false too. They right. actually it's completely false. They actually like it's more about like a dark place that they can can breed and eat. Right. And if they they're highly like they actually don't want dirty. <laughs> it's not contagious, but they're they can spread very easily and it doesn't make any difference well, if your place is clean or dirty. Right. If, if it gets on your clothes and you bring it in your house it's gonna very spread. easy yeah like you can have one or two from what i learned like come on your clothes mm -hmm. from anywhere or baggage anywhere, yeah. luggage. it's mostly baggage and luggage when you travel um and like hotels and things like that okay. yeah so and when you do that though like those two there can be it takes seven weeks for a baby to become full so you and can kind of gauge friends and they tell right. parents and so on and so but on. But most so people on. who have bed bugs, I learned, have them for years it's so before they even know that like they that. have them because they come out at nighttime when when the lights are off and you don't see them and you may get like a few little bites here and there that you attribute to other things. Well, remember I had that thing, whatever it was, biting me in my room. Right. When right. I had my mattresses on. Right. Who even knows what the hell that was? Well, and I was just so surprised when I was reading that. I'm like, I wonder if that's like actually a much more common problem than is yeah. socially talked about because it is so, so pain, stigmatized. Painful. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, thank you for. You're welcome. You're welcome. So a cherry fruit fly completes only one generation a year, and it overwinters as a pupa in the soil. 
Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? So they're very difficult to actually eradicate in an orchard or a crop or right. a tree. I mean, so yeah, because they're underground at that point. So the adults live 16 to 35 days depending on temperatures. And then they feed on the deposits on the leaves. And then they go through a stage where they get sexually mature and then they mate and then they deposit their legs, their legs, their eggs under the skin of the fruit. So, um, and then the the females will feed on the juices that come out of the puncture made during the egg laying. Hmm. They're like, I'm going to lay my egg and then I'm going to drink my juice. Each female can lay from 50 to 200 legs. Whoa, more thunder. I saw lightning, yeah. Well, I I think it's interesting, too. I mean, so they're very much juice eaters. They're not people eaters. Right. Yeah. That's comforting, at least. It's just the people eating them, which really, you know, bad Mm. on us. Mm. Yeah. So there's really a window for optimal egg laying. It's between 75 and 85 degrees Fahrenheit. And then the eggs hatch just within like a week. And then immediately the larvae burrow towards the pit of the fruit because they're unreachable by pesticides there. So that's such a crazy survival skill. Like they know, like, just go to the pit, go to the center of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they, um, they, they after they hatch, they bore their way out of the cherries and drop to the ground, and then they burrow into the soil to pupate. And they could um, develop after that first winter, or they could remain dormant for two winters and then come out. So it's very difficult to... Yeah, you don't know how many are actually in that like cycle. Well, they recommend if you like as have a big orchard, you put these sticky traps up. Oh, okay. So it's really they said about um, targeting the adults and not the like the larvae. I'm the a little pupa. freaked out about now. I'm a little freaked out because you said live things, so now I know. Well, I thought the only way to really illustrate my horror and my sister's horror and is to horrify me. My uh, brother-in-law's horror that I went through is. I, I brought a few of the cherries in. I thought we could open them up and see if there's something in there. I really wish Sarah was here. She would love this shit. AKA she would not. I had to put this like do not eat tape over the top of the bowl because I have so many people in my house right don't now. Want so to many eat of my just like so I, I don't still, know I, if things are gonna have one in. I but... would love to see the person that picked around that tape to try to you yeah. know cherries. You you know somebody somebody that okay. So these are the cherries of the falls tree um that we were just snacking on. And so I thought, well, this is a good sample. What I got. Did you bring tree. a knife? No, I was just gonna break Are you kidding me? Like see. wait, well, okay, you have Here. nice new pants on. I have a white shirt. I'll do a um, tissue wait okay. why don't we so you have a break kitchen. them open why don't we just have a slice no, just break them open oh god and it's so messy let's see if there's a wormy in there or a, aka a maggot okay and let's look oh a maggot i got a maggot oh my god right away see maggot see, let's show it on the camera okay, okay. that was the first one you opened okay i just have to say me and my sister ate those 
You didn't split them open like this and look at them? No. How did you pop in and pick it? That's what one does. How did you pop in? And I and I would mm. like to say I'm looking around. There's not not yeah, a hole. There's exactly. no hole. Look at this little guy. He's happy. I'm scarred for life on cherries. Look at that. I don't know if I can ever eat a cherry without busting it open and fully examining it. So what stage is this one in? Maggot? Yeah, that's maggot. That's maggot. That's maggot stage. Okay, we're gonna put him in the bowl. <sighs> put him over here. Okay. No, he's in he's in the bowl. You're gonna have to deal with I'll it. Put another one. I just so, seen if there's one. Do they cohabitate? Oh, and look, it's kind of like mushy and brown. Yeah, inside. because they're eating it all. They're yeah. eating all the cherry meat. Yeah. So me and my sister were like, oh, these are so juicy. Look at how the, the, well, the, pops the maggots are juicy. It was because we're bursting a juicy cherry flesh filled maggot into our mouths. Gross. Gross. Okay, okay. That was one. Yours had nothing though, right? And then we tried to be like, here, walk it back and be like, okay. Okay, that's your next one. They have a lot of protein. <laughs> A lot of countries I love it when maybe people... might eat these, and it's fine. Like this is just a cultural weird thing. Do you know like, how insulted some countries maybe? No, <laughs> no, that's why I'm like we try to like rationalize it and be like, you know, it's not. I'm just bad. watching this poor little maggot. A like... lot of countries eat mealworms on the regs. It's no big deal. This little maggots, he's so lively too. He's so lively, I he's know, so and that's lively. what I felt in my tummy. I felt them doing this. Like, no, that's Whoop. he's he's like, why do why is there air around me? Okay, ready? Let's do another one. Okay. No, I put yours right there. Okay, okay, let's do another one. Got another one. Oh my god, you're the lucky one. I don't Look, have another one. There's another one right there. See it moving? Look at it wiggling. Oh, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. See wiggle, it? Wiggle, 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 and wiggle, it's wiggle. all brown and It's trying to get out. Oh yeah, that one did too. Isn't that crazy? Mm, I'm gonna get it. Would you would you pop you know what we should bring? Would in you here? pop this cherry in your mouth and eat it? No, fuck no. Um, you know what we should do is <laughs> bring a microscope in this room so we could look at things. So I can see his little his little mandibles on it. Isn't that crazy? You look at how he's look at how he inches his little body forward. I ate those. My sister ate those. We ate so many, Macy. So many. All right, you didn't get any in that one? No, you're picking the winners. I mean, okay, all right. Last one. Is it you or me? I think you. You got to get a maggot. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do I do I have to get a maggot? I know. Oh yeah, maggot. Maggot right away. Right away. Oh, it's a lively one. Yeah. Oh, they're so gross. Oh, it's like looking at you. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, and then it dives back in. It's like no, thank you. That's probably really bright after being inside of a cherry. It's like being forced, being born. Yeah. <laughs> And then they think this my life's gonna happen now. No. <laughs> Did you enjoy that I illustrated my topic with actual evidence? Yeah, no, that's great. I feel really that's why gross. I texted you. I'm like, well, my topic's alive, so we can't put it off too long. Because I didn't know what happened. Like, do they die? Do they come out and become pupae? It's gross. I ate those. Oh, like 50 of them. Yeah. I mean, our ratio so far, how many cherries was that? I opened three, you opened four? Yeah, that's so less too many. That's only only but, two of those didn't happen. But out of 50, what's that? 15 maggots oh, you're eating? Not, that's yeah. still too many maggots. 
One maggot is too much maggot in my life. You eat 15 maggots that day. I mean, I understand in some cultures it might be fine, but just like the way we're culturated, socialized, like you don't eat maggots. Well, and it's not necessarily you just eat it out like Timon and Pumbaa. A lot of cultures have like a process. Like maybe fry them up. For hunting and gathering those things. And You're not just popping them. live maggots in on the rice. I mean, maybe some, but maybe, I, yeah. I would assume that, like, everyone wants things to taste a little bit better if they can. Do you feel sorry for me? No, I just keep thinking about your poor stomach, that's all. No, I felt really sick. I bet. I, we did whiskey shots to try to kill them. <laughs> well, I mean, technically your insides would do that, but um like oh your God. acid in your stomach i'm gonna look something up maggot larva no m- maggot from cherries eating uh i'm just waiting to fall asleep and wake up and like i feel a little like rustling in my throat and then i open my mouth to speak and like a f- swarm of cherry fruit flies full grown this bursts forth in a cloud they most likely will be digested there, wait most likely there are records of flies of flies surviving in the gut it is called accidental digestive myas my what, what, what accidental digestive myasis and the symptoms are nausea and diarrhea they go away once you've expelled the larva at one of your ends what of your ends? No risk to you either way. The fly larva, meanwhile, will not have a good time. Okay. I don't like when the sites say no risk. What about the psychological damage that I will that, experience? That's what I uh, honestly. If a fucking fruit fly flies out of my mouth, with that pupated in my body. When I had looked up the bed bug thing, like I'm like, okay, so actually, like over years, the amount of like damage they do is not impactful and they don't carry diseases like most bugs do does that article actually say either end it does say either <laughs> um but the stigma of it like makes because i remember working in mental health and like if some if a client had bed bugs in their house like it was a big like oh do we let them to come in like bleh. it was a big deal yeah and then like reading it it's like i mean yeah but it's more psychologically a big deal that we feel grossed out there isn't actual risk or harm. Um, I I'm typing in this. I have here. gone cherry picking at Green Bluff with my kids every year, forever. I feel like I don't. National know Institute if of I Health. I do that anymore. National Institute of Health. Hold on, let's go to reputable here. Um, an accidental intestinal my myasis caused by columnar macellaria. Okay. Sounds very Latin and scary. It's caused by dipterian fly larva transmitted to humans via food or water. A case of intestinal myasis acquired via contaminated food is reported in this study. Patient is a four-year-old boy who had frequent episodes of crampy abdominal pain Mm. and diarrhea and the passage of many live worms each time. As a child had the habit of eating ripe guava from his garden normal sounding the infection source was suggested as ripe guava like causing just that to happen but then all larvae collected from the feces were morphologically similar and was identified as this the treatment was several anti anti helminetics those all failed and the recovery was achieved with a simple measure of abstinence from eating guava that came from his garden 
once it finally exited his body. He had to have a big poop. Um, so any infestation of, uh, of live human or vertebrae host with a diptyrian fly is called a meiasis. I don't want a meiasis. Human meiasis can manifest as a, 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 a wound meiasis. So it can happen in a wound. It can happen in your nose. Your digestive, anal, body cavities. I'm not the woods yet. Intestinal, you're not. Fly larvae that require living tissue for their survival cause ob obligatory meiosis. In contrast, those who live on dead or necrotic tissue cause facultative meiosis. The fly larvae that are accidentally ingested or deposited on living tissue cause accident accidental meiosis. Okay. I don't want any kind of meiosis. Out of my asses. It tends to happen to people with poor, low socioeconomic conditions because they're eating fresh off the vine. Why is that bad? I've done I mean, that my entire life. Intestinal meiosis, apparently. Um, it's self-limiting and does not result in any serious complications, which is the major cause of underreporting. Basically, like you'll feel you know sick for a bit and then it'll go away but the psychological damage has been done a stone has been cast upon me and there's little physician knowledge about this so sometimes it gets underdiagnosed. so we're in front of a bowl right now which has three live larvae maggots maggots i yes. ate maggots macy how do you feel about that it was it's deeply disturbing let's <laughs> do um, the disturber beta Okay. Uh, yeah. Now I'm. I'm like looking at them. Show pictures of Don't his insides with. Oh. Wait. Wait. What is that? What am I looking at? That's the arms of one of the exoskeletons. The dorsal arm. That was sperming in that person's body. That's what you is inside you. Oh no! No. no. The pro prothoric. Spiracles have 15 openings. Thoric spiracles 15 with openings? 15 openings. I did not consent Oh, to with this. a wall of slits and swellings. The tracheal trunks are not pigmented. Larvae have been identified. Um, all larvae collected from the feces and fruit were morph morphologically similar. Oh my gosh, look at this. Okay, look at this. I don't want to. No, this is actually fascinating okay hold on i have to get back to that picture okay so this where it says there are 15 openings look at that what is that and then there's the tracheal trunk what is that i don't know what i'm looking at that's like is that the, the larva yeah. no yeah, they have on each side 15 tracheal Nobody should have that many tracheal openings. The prothorax spiracles. No, nobody should mm -hmm. have that. I love, I love science articles. They're so unemotional. <laughs> They're just like, look at this gross shit. <laughs> All right. I'm giving yours a 10 because <laughs> kids are killed and eaten and yeah, yeah. next to us after their death. Yeah, no, it was. Which is horrible. Yeah, no, that was pretty horrible. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say. I'm gonna say I'm at like an eight. It's all horrible. 
I feel like I just have some unfinished knowledge that I need to know because like it's like what might give him some humanity I I, I either want um yeah not it's not necessarily like a why makes anything better I actually don't believe that in therapy at all like we don't even really need to know the why potentially but maybe just more of debunking other people's whys Mm. Like, there's assumed whys. Like, yeah. well, he was sexually abused. And, like, even that blanket statement. Well, no, you I, haven't seen any evidence of that. So. No, I've not seen yeah. that anywhere else. And there are people who have been sexually abused, unfortunately, who also don't eat people. So I don't want that connection to be made either. Right. So I need some more information before I can figure out that chunk. I'm going to just leave it an eight for me because I ate maggots that were alive. I'm putting this at a 10 because that's... You saw them. I mean, they're right there. They're just trying to get out of here. So they're obviously trying to get I out ate of those, Macy. They're obviously trying to get out of you. Would you pop one of those cherries in your mouth right now? No. Yeah. See? No. Well, if you didn't listen to our I just want to say she only put three pieces of tape over this. There's wide openings. A child or a young adult (laughs) would be like, oh, somebody doesn't want me to eat their cherries. And they'd eat the cherry. How many were in there? That was my caution tape. You did not write caution and it's clear. It's all I had. I just got tape. I I hope you didn't feed a child a maggot. I did not. Until uh, next time. Wait, well, if you didn't listen to our last episode, we talked about the Donnie Darko movie yes, and really explore, explored all the twists and turns mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and plots and all that. Love and if you want to support our podcast financially, be our patron on Patreon. We don't need much. We need a can of wine and it's a gas money. Right. And you get exclusive video, like the video of this podcast and our pre-funk video and other extra shit. Cool things. Uh, until next time, open up your cherries before you eat them. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's going to be my trauma response. After well, this. and I'm at the point now too, where like I saw the insides all kind of brownish. Like, could it have already dropped out of it too? Like, yeah. are all oh, cherries are all yeah. cherries just vessels for maggots? Right. And I feel like larva is not as bad a word as, as maggots for some reason. I don't know why. Stigma. 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 Um. So uh, my until next time is. I want to know how you're gonna feel next time you see a bag of cherries at the store. Are you gonna just buy them? I have, I have in? grapes in the fridge, so I'm curious. <laughs> Are you gonna open the ball up? Um. <laughs> so my until next time is let's look at the stigma of words that we use. Because that's magma, sexual abuse, like kind magma. of magma, magma, <laughs> magma. <laughs> Words matter. Words do matter, hundred percent. Bye. Um, <laughs> I'll finish it. That's a good thing, magma.